In today's passage, we're going to see an interaction between Jesus and this guy named Pontius Pilate, who earned his way into our creed. So there he is. He's remembered. In John 18, 33 through 37, it says, Then Pilate entered the headquarters again. Uh, He summoned Jesus and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you ask this on your own, or did others tell you about me? Pilate replied, I am not a Jew, am I? (laughs) I'm not a Jew. Why are you asking me? Your own nation and the chief priests have handed you over to me. What have you done? Tell me, Jesus. What did you do to end up before me? And Jesus answered, My kingdom is not from this world. If my kingdom were from this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. Uh, Pilate asked him, So you are a king? And Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. But for this I was born. Let me tell you why I was born. Let me tell you why I came into the world. To testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. And Pilate asked him, What is truth? Well, what is truth? Today we're going to work backwards in the scripture. That's how I always work. I work backwards. Because this scripture is a tricky one to figure out. Pilate asked Jesus, what is truth? Before that question, Jesus says, everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. Who's Jesus talking to Pilate. Is Pilate hearing him? Everyone who belongs to truth listens to my voice. See, Pilate's not listening because he doesn't have the truth. Jesus was a teacher of the truth, but knowing even that doesn't help, does it? Jesus is a teacher of the truth. Because we would have to answer that question what is truth? That is what Pilate asks Jesus. What is truth? And the scripture, it doesn't even end. It ends with a cliffhanger because it doesn't answer the question, what truth is. Uh, Jesus doesn't give him an answer. Pilate just thought he'd been handed some fool who was going around saying, I'm the king of the Jews. But Jesus said to him, you say that I'm a king. For this I was born, and for this I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. So Pilate asked, what the heck is truth? I added the heck. So what is truth? That's what we're going to ask today. For if you don't know what truth is, you are on the side of the religious people who handed Jesus over to Pilate, or you're on the side of Jesus' disciples who all abandoned him, or you're on the side of Pilate who doesn't know what the truth is. Who is this teacher who died 
in the name of truth. You see that giant T that's hanging up there? <laughs> I like to see it as a T for truth, not just a cross. Do you know what truth is? Are you hoping I know what truth is? I hope, right? <laughs> Don't worry, I looked up the definition. I figured that would be a good place to start. Uh, so I asked my computer, I, I dare not say S-R-I, S-I-R-I, because that would set off everybody's phones. So I asked the computer to find truth, and it gave me this answer, the state or quality of being true. That doesn't help me either. <laughs> so I looked up the word. I said, hey, computer, tell me what true means. And I got this definition. In accordance with fact or reality. OK, now we've gotten a little closer. What is truth can be answered by saying to be in accordance with fact or reality. Jesus was a teacher. That is what they called him. You know that, right? Rabbi, they called him a teacher. He was not a priest. He was not a teacher of mathematics. He didn't go to the school of Pythagoras. He's not a teacher of social studies. Some may want him to be a teacher of politics, but he's not a teacher of politics. He's not a teacher of social studies. He's not a teacher of rhetoric. He didn't even have his Masters of Divinity, so he's not a teacher of religion. He's not a teacher of economics. No. He was a not a teacher of these things. He was a teacher of truth. And he says to Pilate, that's why I was born, Pilate. That's why I came into the world, to testify to the truth. So in other words, Jesus is a teacher who teaches the truth. That is, he teaches what is in accordance with fact and reality. Let me tell you what this means to me. Right? I have to give an example from everyday life. Because Jesus would say, the kingdom of heaven is like, so I have to say, truth is like this. On Tuesday, I woke up early in the morning and began the day with 30 push-ups and 50 sit-ups. That's how I start. That's a good day for me. I read a little bit of Origins on First Principles, a theological book. And reading it reminded me of something I had been studying. Alex and I were talking about this last week. He was, it was, Origin was teaching me what Jesus taught. He was teaching me what the apostles taught. He was teaching me about the very basic elementary teachings of Christianity. Do you know them? That's why I'm studying them, so I can tell you what they are. That I am a soul. They didn't teach you that in school, right? That we are a soul. That's why Jesus, he didn't teach you what you learn in school. He came and said, what's missing from school? No, they teach you everything about except who you are, <laughs> what you're doing here, right? So Jesus said, I got to tell you the truth about who you are. And 
what origin was pointing me to was that I was a soul, an intellect, a mind. Soul in Greek means mind. That I was a soul, an intellect, and a spiritual being. That my whole life didn't consist of all that I acquired materially. But rather, what mattered the most was what I was acquiring in my soul. Remember Jesus says, what does it profit anybody to gain the whole world, yet lose their soul? Jesus, this was a fundamental, basic, elementary teaching. Every Christian, what is Christianity? It's about building my soul, saving my soul. What Origen was teaching me was what mattered most was my soul, my mind, my intellect. Origen was an early church theologian. One in all the books, he is considered one of the, the most prominent, the greatest theologian of human history. But they expelled him as a heretic, as they often do. But they still love him. Uh, And he wrote a book called On First Principles, which they tried to get rid of. Thankfully, somebody saved a copy. And he wanted to put together the essence on first, first principles. You know, you might, if you know Plato and Socrates, they talked about first principles. It's kind of the essence. Like, what's the essence of Christianity? And the first, and in first principles, Origen is breaking down the Bible in a new and refreshing way for me. Just like how this whole year, I thought, let's look at some new books. Let's look at books never looked at, but were written around the same time as the Bible, just so we can have some, a bigger picture of what Christianity is, so we can understand the essence the basic essence of what Christianity is. Sometimes people try to manipulate religion. Have you ever, you've never experienced this, right? Sometimes people do, so it's important that we understand it. Then I took, so after I read this, I took my kids to school, then I spent some time with my beautiful wife there, Ashley. I skipped breakfast. You know, I I accurately felt my pants being a little tighter. This is what Jesus does for me in everyday life. From helping my mind, to doing push-ups in the morning, to hanging out with my wife, to taking my kids to school. I do this in the light. I don't have to do these things. Jesus points me to the truth. He says, this is who you are, Sean. And just reading that, just orienting it, helped me see just see that in the morning. When I spend some time in the morning reflecting on who I really am, you know, don't just say you're, I got to pray. You don't have to pray. You pray for you. Remember Jesus said, God already knows what you need. Stop telling him. God, I hope it's sunny today. God has already (laughs) decided what the day will be. Praying is for you to get oriented in the light. When I reflected, you know, sometimes in the morning you go, 
hopefully, you go check yourself in the mirror, right? Make sure you look good. But with scripture, with reading about Jesus, Jesus is the mirror for us. That's why we, we need a savior who's perfect. Because we look at Jesus and we go, oh, I have something in my soul that's off. And by looking at Jesus, I can fix myself. I can correct myself. You know, sometimes I can be distant. Sometimes I'm not affectionate. Sometimes I'm too busy to help around the house. Sometimes I'm too busy with school and work to help with the kids. Sometimes I'm just too busy to be nice to people. But what Jesus taught me is that God steps down from the busyness of ruling the whole universe and comes to hang out with us to show us who we really are. See, Jesus taught the truth. The truth about what? That first and foremost, you are a child of God. This is why it says in John chapter 1, we're at the end of Jesus' life here. You know what it said at the beginning of the life? That to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave the power to become children of God, who were born not of blood. See, I was born of blood and by the will of my parents. But Jesus says, I am going to give you the truth and the truth will allow you to not just be born of your parents, you'll now be born of God. When I woke up in the morning and read Origen, he pointed me to the fundamental truth of what Jesus taught and what I just read. That is the truth Jesus wanted us to know. Jesus was born of who? We're going to find out, right, in a couple weeks. Joseph and Mary. But what did he find out? That he was the Son of God. Do you know what he's offering us? The same title. The same adoption. So that was Tuesday. Good day, right? Put it in the books. But then Wednesday came. Wednesday was tricky. I slept poorly. I woke up tired. I skipped reading Origin. You know, too busy for Origin. Skipped taking care of my soul. I got busier things to do. I skipped the push-ups and sit-ups. I was too sore. I skipped taking care of my flesh. I had to read a chapter of a book for, for school, and it was, you know, I had to read it, so I read it. It didn't, I did it for school, but it didn't speak to my soul. I thought I could skip that part. Then I had classes on Zoom for four hours, and that was wonderful. Uh, then I had a work call. Then I didn't want to do anything. So I picked up my iPad, this beautiful iPad. You know what this iPad, this iPad is really good for typing out sermons, but guess what else it's also good for? Doing nothing. These devices have applications on them that are designed. There's people that work at these companies who 
strategically design applications to keep you hooked. You ever see those people at the casino and the slot machine? That's exactly the same psychology they're using with these applications. They're designed to distract us, and I got sucked in, me, the holy guy. I got sucked in, and I was lost for three hours, three hours. Then the kids came home, and I always have to wrestle them just for a minute or two. And then I was conflicted. You know, do I go, I'm tired. I don't have time for my soul. Do I go back? to my iPad, you know, back to the news, back to seeing what you all are doing on, you know, in your lives, back to aimlessly scrolling through Facebook and Instagram posts. I'm the only one, right? The whole time I felt depressed inside because I was living poorly. I was getting sucked into aimlessly. You know, I just had Tuesday, and now Wednesday's here. I was so focused the day before, now I'm not so focused. And the entire time, I heard Origen. I heard the author of the first principles, but he was calling me. He's saying, come, come read me. Come back and read me. Get off the iPad and read me. I heard the voice of truth calling me to check in. In Greek, there's a word that they used back in Plato's day called psychomachia. It means war in the mind, psychic mind, psychic warm. Uh, that there's a war inside of our minds to do the right thing or do the wrong thing. Turkey sandwich or five guys? I always lose this battle. At 4 p.m., I finally took my stand after three hours. Thank God for the kids who pulled me away and wrestled me for a little bit. I put the iPad down, and I picked up Origin. I read about the nature of God, and then I read about the nature of Christ, and it reminded me of the forces in this world that weigh heavily on the mind, seeking to drown out the inner voice of truth from within. That's what it means to live a spiritual life. That just as one eats food for energy, what do you do when you're hungry? You eat. Jesus said, we don't just eat bread alone, do we? Just as one eats food for energy, one must eat the truth to sustain the soul. The soul is the very essence of who you are. Remember I said in Greek, soul means psyche, your mind. So this isn't some like supernatural thing. This is real. Paul says that we have a tripartite nature. A spirit, a soul, and a body. Your soul is what links the two. It's the engine of this material body. If your mind is in a good mood, what happens to your body? It's in a good mood. If your mind is in a bad mood, what happens to your body? It's in a bad mood. See how much power the soul has, the psyche? It's the engine of the material body, and it's the 
engine for your spiritual body. Because you're going to lose this one day. What Jesus did as a teacher of the truth was he came to awaken our souls. On Tuesday, I lived out Psalm 57, verse 8, where it says, Awake my soul. Why would it say, Awake my soul, if it wasn't sleeping? But on Wednesday, I was heavy laden, and I forgot to wake up my soul. Did you know you have to wake up your soul in the morning? You have to wake it up. Your body wakes up, you got to wake up your soul. Then Thursday came. Thank God Thursday came because I got to do it over. (laughs) I got up, I did those 30 push-ups and 50 sit-ups. I then read Origin and I lived a fruitful day. We talked about fruit last week. I remembered who I was. I did my work throughout the day, not just as, oh, I got to do my work. I got to go do this. I got to go do that. Instead, I lived my day as a child of God who was sent to, you know, why am I here? Am I here just to sit at the computer and type or just to take care of kids or to uh, preach sermons or to sit in a cubicle and make sure the, the numbers go up and keep them from going down? Is that my life? When you realize that you're a child of God, you have to say, why did my father send me here? Why am I here? Jesus is going to tell us the truth. To learn from this life. How, does, how did you learn? How did you develop your mind? You went to school. How is Jesus, what is, how is God going to develop your soul? He sends you to this school called earth. <laughs> this is a school. And with my soul awakened, I was able to move through the day asking, what was my work teaching? What was it teaching me? To to stick to a task, to focus, don't give up. Those are the things that you can extract from doing work, even if it's sweeping the floor. How do I sweep this floor? What, What is it going to teach me? That dirt gets on the ground. That dirt can get in my life, and i got to clean it up. I got him, and is it going to stay that way every day? Every day it's going to get dirty, and every day I'm going to have to clean it. Lesson for the soul. What were my children teaching me? What was my marriage teaching me? Marriage is always easy, right, Ashley? What was my life trying to teach me? What were my relationships in my life trying to teach me. Sometimes we go, oh, I have to go to Thanksgiving. Uh, or I, I love, you know, I love Thanksgiving. What is it going to teach me? And when I got tired in the evening, I read Origin again and remembered who I was. You know, I was forgetting by the end of the day. But then I was awakened again, reminded that I I'm a child of God, just like Jesus was, a living soul, an eternal intellect. Jesus came to teach the truth to this world because this world does not always operate in the truth. 
It does not know what truth is, unfortunately. That is why Jesus, if anybody has a problem with what I just said, that the world does not operate in truth, you can take it to Jesus because Jesus says, my kingdom is not of this world. And what is Jesus' kingdom? What is Jesus' kingdom? I looked up that word too. It is a country, state, or territory ruled by a king or queen. Jesus says to Pilate, my kingdom is not of this world. Often we think Jesus' kingdom is some place you go to when you die. Some people are waiting for it to come. I think recently there was a bunch of people that got together because they thought the end was coming. But the teacher of truth, I wish they would just read the Bible because it says it right here. The teacher of truth says in Luke chapter 17 that one day the Pharisees asked Jesus, when is the kingdom of God coming? And he answered, the kingdom of God is not coming with things that can be observed, nor will they say, look, here it is, or look, there it is, for in fact, the kingdom of God is already here. See, Jesus did not teach that the kingdom of heaven is a place you will go to when you die. Rather, he taught the truth that the kingdom of God, the kingdom to which Jesus belonged, to which he was a prince, was a place that already existed among us, within us. That is why he taught his disciples, may your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. The Gospel of John, right from the beginning, chapter 1, teaches that Jesus came into a world of full of darkness, and that he was the light, but that the darkness was going to come against him. What this means is that Jesus was coming as a living soul, the Logos, truth incarnate, but that the darkness, lies and untruth, error and ignorance, would try to put a stop to what he was doing. And guess what? Where do we find Jesus today in the scripture? Exactly in front of the religious authorities and political authorities who were trying to shut him down, trying to stop him from teaching the truth about who we are. And eventually, they hung him on a cross. He was left there all alone with just three people who cared for him. Today we worship him as the one who died for our sins, as the one who can get us our ticket into heaven. But that's not what Jesus taught. We have to read the Bible. That's what we're taught, but that's not what Jesus taught. Jesus taught that the kingdom of God is within us. And to access it, Here's the thing, nobody, this is why it's easy to ignore this. To access the kingdom of God within us, you have to take responsibility for your own soul. Jesus taught that we should take up our, remember he says this? You got to take up, not my cross, you got to take up your own cross and follow him. That's what he says. That's not... I I, I want to get that in a Hallmark card. 
And what does that mean? That means that every day while you live on this earth, you must take this flesh of yours. That's why I do the push-ups and sit-ups in the morning. Because the flesh is going to try to tell me, let's, listen to me. Let's, let's eat and do whatever you want to, I want to do. And I do those push-ups to say, let me tell you who's in charge. My soul, my mind is in charge. And every day we must develop our soul. That's all we're taking from this world. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 9, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. He's talking about like the Olympic Games back then. They do it to get a crown. These athletes do it to get a trophy, a crown, a promotion, a retirement fund, a house. And Paul says, that's not going to last. But you work your entire life just for that. He says, but I run a different race. And I do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, he says, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave. You must exercise your flesh. You must exercise your mind. You must exercise your heart. This is my last Evensong sermon. And I would love to tell you that Jesus would do all of these things for you, like the church has done for so long. But he showed you the way. He just pointed it out. He said, few are going to walk down the narrow road. So let me point it out. And I'm not telling you as somebody who's read about this. I found it. Some days, I don't want to go down that road. But I know it's the right way. You must exercise your flesh. You must exercise your mind. You must exercise your heart in order to shape the soul that is within you. Jesus knew that Pilate was not doing this work. Pilate was worried about Caesar. He knew the religious authorities, unfortunately, were not doing this work. So he called you and me. That's why Jesus went to the common people. He put the keys to the kingdom of heaven in the hands of a fisherman and said, lead the way. Start a church. Today we live in a world of different authorities. Today we live in a world filled with even more distractions than ever. We live in a world that overwhelms us with deafening noise, trying to pull our souls in every which way. Jesus is calling us to find the truth. He's calling us to find his kingdom, his kingdom of truth, his kingdom where human beings know that they are eternal souls here to grow and develop.
We can find this kingdom when we take up our cross and choose to live as people of the soul. When I was in Israel with iTech, I was in the Garden of Gethsemane. Imagine that. Imagine being there. And I sat in the church. You know, they build churches at all these holy sites. I was praying to God, show me the right way to live. Show me. And I heard a voice within my soul. Here's what it said. Happy are those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or take the path that sinners tread or sit in the seat of scoffers, but their delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law they meditate day and night. They are like trees planted by streams of water which yield their fruit in its season and their leaves do not wither. Remember the fig tree that withered last week. In all that they do, they prosper. Thank God I read the Bible because that's Psalm 1. (laughs) God just brought it to mind when I asked, show me the right way to live. And I learned that the way to the kingdom of God, to live in the truth, to live in in the way that Jesus taught, can be broken down into two simple steps. Step one, Psalm 1 says, Happy are the ones who don't take the advice of the wicked or take the path that sinners tread or sit in the seat of scoffers. When I turn on the news, this is all I see. I see the advice of the wicked telling me to hate this group, to hate that group. I see politicians bashing one side, playing people, playing on their emotions and fears. On social media, this is what I see. Everyone getting pulled in one direction or the other. I know they are in the game for clicks, for likes, for dislikes, for distracting you from the truth. Maybe they're the ones that should be hanging on crosses. That is what I got sucked into that day on my iPad, and it led my soul into an unhealthy direction. So instead, the next line in the psalm, step two, says, Happy is the one who delights in the law of the Lord, and on it they meditate day and night. When I did this simply by reading a book that taught me the basic elementary teachings of Christ, my mind was freed to enjoy what God had laid before me, the simple tasks of the day. To do my work, to live responsibly, and to take care of my soul, just like a baby, just like a pet, just like something you cherish. Look in your soul and take care of it. And that day I lived like a tree planted by streams of living water. I bore fruit, fruits of the Spirit. And everything I did, I prospered. When I lived the first way, I lived like someone who belonged to the kingdom of the world, pilots and religions, kingdom. When I lived the second way, I lived 
like a citizen of the kingdom of Jesus. I pray that the church would become the light for the people in this world today. I'm only going to be able to preach for like 15 minutes from now on, so I can't do these 30-minute sermons. Ellie's going to miss 30-minute sermons. I know (laughs) she loves how long these are. (laughs) Usually I was getting myself into, you know, looking at some crazy books of the Bible. I need to cover all my bases. But I pray, you know, Jesus left with a, few, with a handful of people to be the light of the world. And look what happened. It grew. So I hope that I will be leaving a drop of my light into your lives. I pray that we would be a people who represent Jesus' kingdom of truth in a world that is often led astray. This week, and I say this as seriously as I can, pick up the Bible. If you're a Christian, you have to. Pick a gospel, just read a chapter. It takes two minutes. And then meditate on it. Say, so what does Jesus teaching me today. If you dare, pick up Origin's first principles and then call me and say, what the heck are you reading? If you want the smoothest recommendation, get a copy of C.S. Lewis's Mere Christianity. It was a really popular series. Everybody knows C.S. Lewis. Can't go wrong with him. Just read a few pages a day. This is about, not about just reading. It's about feeding your soul. It needs food. Feed me. My baby cries nonstop for food. Our soul is crying for something. We have to feed it. Then go about your day as a child of God, living a living soul in a mortal world, do your very best to better yourself, to grow and develop and bear the fruits of the Spirit. When we do our individual parts, we slowly but steadily help to turn the kingdoms of this world into the kingdom of truth, the accurate and correct way that God created it to be. And the kingdom of Jesus that we pray for to come down every week might actually show up.